Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Here we are. This is Sister Annie Stay. This is Sister Mary Grace. And we're back for the last episode in this season. Take six. Yep. Here it is on Why Pray. Yeah. And we're just going to pop in a great question on this episode. Yeah. So what if I don't get answers? Yeah. What if I don't get answers? Right. We've done four, no, five, five episodes on prayer Mm -hmm. right now. You know, Mm -hmm. we've gone the whole way of what to do, how to prep, how to trust. Yeah, sister, like, you know, we've been praying and I don't feel like God's answering me. Yeah. Or I'm asking for healing and I don't feel like I'm getting it. Right. Or I'm trying to be faithful. Yeah. But uh, where are you, God? Yeah. I can't hear you. I don't see you in my life. Mm -hmm. My life makes no sense. Do you ever feel this way, sister? Yeah. It sounds like what you're describing is like, you know, you go to pray and it doesn't work, you know, or it's like, what? Yeah. Is God hearing me? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is he answering my prayers? Is there something going wrong here? Mm -hmm. You know, what, uh, where's this all going? You know, can kind of feel like the whole world's against you at different times. (laughs) You're like, I'm doing everything I can on my part, but what now? You know, have you ever felt that way, sister? The whole world's Against crumbling me? down around you. <laughs> yes. And I would say I'm a more optimistic person. Yeah. But actually, it's frequent. I would agree to that. It's yeah. frequent, sister. Yes. It's actually a lot more common to all of us than we realize. I think it's deeply true. Yeah. Actually, sister, on a serious note, it's like, I mean, even as a religious, yeah, living so close to the sacraments, it's like, you don't have to live long or, yeah. or far into the day. You're like, woohoo, life doesn't feel safe. Yeah. Or, Life is just hard. Mm-hmm. Or even as you're asking, sister, like, I feel like the world's against me. Yeah. I remember last Christmas. Oh, gosh. Last try, Christmas. Sometimes I try and block that out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. It was, I was here with you. <laughs> it, sister, it yeah. was rough in a sense. And in the midst of it, and I yeah. think we've talked about it a little bit on on this podcast. Um, but basically, yeah, last Christmas, you know, the, the Pashans dove into the life and they've been yeah. living it for three months and we can't wait to send them home to be with their families just after Christmas. And yeah, it's like the countdown. It's, it's the, the first countdown. time they're going back home. It's oh important. Yeah, yeah. Counting we, down the hours. There it is. We want it for them. Yeah. You know, it's, and then, of course, mm-hmm. COVID hits. and Party pooper. There it is. Christmas has a whole new reality to yeah. it because not only – are the Pashtuns not going to be going home on time, but uh, we can't even have Christmas mass mm. inside of our convent. Mm. Like, it's like things you didn't even question were impossible and now like just normal. It's right? insane. That's actually. it. And as a nun, like that's really what... It's kind of a big deal. That's all we want for Christmas. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Jesus. Like yeah. why would you be playing hard to get yeah. Christmas day, honestly? <laughs> um, but I, And I remember sitting in the backyard uh-huh. praise be to god we had a, a priest willing to come and celebrate mass in the freezing cold it was yeah on christmas was eve horrible. and then in the pouring rain christmas day it was like we're in a pitch of mud mud it was yeah it was pretty messy super messy thing. and and again even an octave some were still in isolation some postulants lived their first christmas um in alone with god yeah i mean basically i mean we were we were throwing things into their their cell windows as much as we could yeah. singing carols beneath their windows yeah. but um what god asked of all of us mm-hmm. in that time and i would say in the midst of it it was a huge dare in faith and you felt yeah. like the world was against you and nothing was going your way and sometimes you're like can it get any worse you're right. like hit after hit after hit and you're like we're just <laughs> asking like, for mass please, <laughs> i mean please. yeah 
Amen. Yeah. And yet a year later, sister, Hmm. and we've talked about it. It was one of the purest gifts that God gave to us of himself. It's like the one Christmas I know I'll never forget. Amen. You know, and not just for the mess, Mm -hmm. not just for the mess. I even Mm -hmm. remember uh, the priest was like super delayed. If things couldn't get worse, we were like, we finally secured a priest (laughs) who was brave enough to come be with us in the mud. And then the fact that he was like, I mean, he was delayed quite a bit. It was like, come on. Like our longing was at a whole new level. I couldn't even feel my fingers. It was like so cold. I mean, the whole thing was just kind of, yeah, one big mess. But then when father arrived, it was neat. The the priest, he came from a religious community. Mm -hmm. And when he came, it was like, his name is Father Emmanuel. Amen. Thank you, Father. (laughs) You know, God with us. It was just uh, such an awesome statement from God of like, whatever you're going through, no matter how dark it gets, um, how many low hits you get, how many low blows you feel are coming your way. Mm-hmm. The gift is that God still comes, yes. you know, and he comes in his timing and his way, and he comes actually to be with us in the mud. Amen. Sister. You know, he didn't pick us up and lift us out and take us someplace else. He's like, no, I'm in this mess with you, and I'm going to come to you right where you are. Um, God with us, Father Emmanuel. <laughs> Amen, sister. Yeah, but and we haven't forgot it. I we, mean, that's I learned more about that Christmas than any other one. That's and that's it was probably the realest, truest Christmas yeah. I've ever had the privilege to live. Mm-hmm. And yet, as you're saying, sister, so often life can feel this way. Yeah, uh, we're in the midst of something and it's hard, and there doesn't seem to be any answers. And you're going to the Lord with it, and you feel like you're hitting your head against yep. a wall. In this case, I can look back a year later and say, "Whoa, yeah, God," and marvel at what He did. And yet, I think what we want to lean into today, sister, is. What is the answer mm. when we don't feel like there are any answers? Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I don't know. I want to pray and dive into this yeah. because I think a lot of life is living right here. Amen. Often yep. um, at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. and um, waiting for that resurrection. Right. When things aren't clear, when things are actually more confusing or actually the darkness seems um, bigger. Mm-hmm. It's like, where where is the answer then? Amen. Yeah. Whoa. But somebody knows. Someone knows. And we've got We're going to ask him. We're we're leaning in. (laughs) Help. (laughs) Yeah. You want to pray, sister, for us before we get started? Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we call out upon your name. We thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your kindness, for your, your providential love that is always upholding, answering us, seeing us taking care of us. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name for your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon our hearts right now where we find ourselves. Remind us of the answers. Bring forth um, clarity and light for us. Help us to believe in you, to have hope in you, to be renewed in your love for us that is unchanging and stabilizing. Father, we thank you for the gift of Mary, our mother. We ask for her a special um intercession, her protection, as we make our way through life. We call upon her as we pray. Hail Mary, full of of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Hope, pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, sister, I think you just ended the prayer with the answer. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Mary, mm-hmm. Jesus' mother. Mm-hmm. And 
especially when life uh, feels so hopeless yes. or dark or difficult or challenging or without mm-hmm. answers, we can go to her mm-hmm. and find a way. Yes. Uh, because she leads us to Jesus, who is the way, yes. the truth, and the life. And yet I think a lot of times you can see Mary as a holy card. Right. You can see her as this beautiful woman portrayed in uh-huh. a thousand pieces of art because she's that inspiring and that yeah. awesome. Yeah. And yet we can forget who she is, mm-hmm. you know, her discipleship, uh, the beauty in which she prayed mm. in and throughout her whole life. And so often without the answer, mm-hmm. um, necessarily because the answer is, is Jesus. Yes. Um, and helping us to turn our eyes and our hearts, uh, to wrap our hearts around the mm-hmm. living word. Yeah. So I think I just want to have a canned conversation. Yeah. You know, how have you found Mary to be helpful to you? in your own life of prayer or discipleship, or particularly when life doesn't feel like it holds many good answers. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Now it's an awesome question because I, I I agree with you. Like sometimes we look at Mary and she seems like she's got it all together (laughs) and she does. It's the truth. You know, she does. uh, Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we look at that, we can think, wow, there's such a huge distance between her and me. Like, how can I relate to her? Mm -hmm. How can I even turn to her unless I'm completely all put together, which is, zero percent of life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like can i actually relate with her um but it's amazing to think as you were just saying like you look at her life and before she was assumed into heaven and saw jesus rose like she was left in the dark Mm. you know she didn't always know exactly how things were going to unfold she didn't have the clear-cut answers painted out for her she was given promises uh the angel uh, told her that she would bear a son and that uh, nothing would end under his rule so she was given these promises um but she never really saw it all come to completion until the resurrection mm-hmm. which is just as a <laughs> as a fumbling follower of Jesus it's like oh my goodness i can i can relate to a woman that's trying to make sense when things are still a mystery mm-hmm. you know and and even i mean the prime example at the foot of the cross you know, I mean, everything's falling apart. The eyes, you look at that, like nothing, nothing seems to be going right. Uh, and yet she stays there, mm. you know? So it's like, what about Mary in, in her in her human experience can I relate to? Um, I think everything, Amen. you know, it actually resonates more than we realize mm-hmm. that uh, she lived her earthly life in mystery when things were confusing and dark. And so when I think about yeah, praying with her. I love the word that we get about her prayer. The one word we get describing her, this, this pondering, mm. you know, um, and it sounds lovely, <laughs> but what is that? Uh, what is Mary's pondering about, you know? Uh, and to me, the word that helps me understand her pondering is, uh, this question of like, what am, what am I preoccupied with? You know, my thoughts during the day, not only in a time of prayer, when I'm um, going to God and, and sharing my experience and giving him space to speak to me. But when Mary went to the Lord, she was given a word or she remembered God's presence, whatever her prayer was. But then she took that experience and pondered it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. It, she was preoccupied with it throughout her day. And that actually gave her the stability throughout her day, whatever came. And however ordinary, extraordinary her experiences, she was constantly pondering the prayer that God had given her. Um, and her thoughts were preoccupied with God. And I love that to think, am I, you know, one, what am I preoccupied with? Because we, we all have a lot going on, mm-hmm. different thoughts, different temptations, different interpretations of what's going on. 
But Mary's primacy was a preoccupation of her encounters with God. Amen. Oh, that's so beautiful, sister. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of a number of things. First, mm. how everything is trying to get our attention. Right. Right? Everyone. It's a battle. Oh, it's Real such battle. a battle. And particularly in our crosses, it's like we can be so hasty, I think, to try to find immediate answers or to try yeah. to get some relief from the pain, from the cross that we experience, from the lack of clarity that we have, right. from the confusion that's um, kind of we're bumping around in within our minds and our hearts. And Mary was a contemplative apostle, hmm. right? And I love that idea. She was a contemplative disciple uh, and we're called to be such. And that's what you're speaking of to take that word of God into our hearts and to like stand firm. As you're saying, it's a battle. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a vigilance and a steadfastness that we're called to live in faith, to abide. Like, you know, praise be to God, sister, that together as a community, we were able to live that Christmas, right? Yeah. And we lived it. What was I, What I was so moved by is we chose to love each other in it. We chose right. to uphold each other in it. We didn't turn inward or we fought that battle right. not to. Or yeah. we didn't wallow in self-pity or we fought not to, um, to open our hearts to the cross that we felt mm-hmm. in the midst of a season where that was paradoxical. Because yeah. we were like, wait a second, it's supposed to be Christmas. Like, Jesus, you're coming. Uh, and yet we also forget that Jesus came precisely, as you were saying, Mm. in the manger, right? In the manger of our hearts, where it is dark and stinky and needs a savior. Yeah, Uh, It's like, but he wouldn't have been able to come and pierce our hearts and find that cradle within our hearts had we not fought Mm -hmm. at that battlefield to stay open through and by way of faith, hope, and love. And I think... Mary, to me, is such a witness of that, and I find courage and strength as I look to her, mm. a mother who loved her son so profoundly and deeply, uh, a woman who lived a radical life of faith mm-hmm. in and through the question marks that were at every turn. And Cardinal Seurat uh, quotes Maurice Zundel, and he says, she listens, she consents, she gives herself, she loses herself in its depths. Every fiber of her being resounds with this appeal. Let me hear your voice. Mary grants a hearing to the silent word. Her flesh, then, can become the cradle of the eternal word. In her, each man sees himself called to the same destiny. He becomes a dwelling of God, of the silent word, because if it is true that God created human nature for no other reason than to receive from it the mother that he needed to be born, Then every man is called, through the silent reception of the word, to become the temple of the word, the basilica of silence. Wow, cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And I I feel like I've read this quote before. It's one of my favorites, and it's one that I go back to, um, Mm. because it gives us courage. Mm. What's it all about? And that it's precisely in these places to dare in faith, like Our Lady did, Mm -hmm. so that we can pass into the resurrection. Mm Mm-hmm. And to remain open, I hear in that too. It's like the the pressures off then the temptation to figure things out or get it right away. Uh, I love what you were saying too of just like we all seek answers. It's it's part of our our hearts aching is like I want to know there's meaning in this, right? <laughs> like I want to know there's a point to this whole thing. Are we going somewhere? Like 
you know, Jesus, what what's going on here? And and the seeking and the um, the answer seeking, I think, is beautiful and and part of Mary's journey too. But her way isn't uh, necessarily giving into the anxiety of that, but trusting in faith that God actually has those answers. He has the power to answer all of our questions and all of, all the power in the world for every healing we need. Um, but Mary is open to the way that he does that mm. and believes that actually he is always doing that. Um, so she gives us, she gives us a, a stance to stand in this openness to faith that, um, yeah, it reminds me actually, even just thinking of before I entered, I was, um, yeah, I love to surf with my family and, uh, growing up near the beach there. And it, and it was cool because when you're, when you, this whole time of when you're waiting for a wave out the back past the break, it's like this radical experience of open receptivity. Like you don't have control of anything, wow. but you're constantly kind of seeking the swell. You know, like where is the ocean moving? Where can I see the patterns going? Uh, can I feel the current in my legs in the water? And I, um, can I see where the wind is moving? If it's an onshore breeze or an offshore breeze, you're constantly kind of gauging all these realities around you so that you know how to respond to when that, when that, when that wave comes. You know, and I think of Blessed Mother and it's like she's so sensitive to the spirit, open to the way God is moving in our lives, mm-hmm. how he's letting our things unfold um, and ready to move as the opportunity comes um, and really like relying on where is God moving in my life and what are you doing, Jesus, in this mess, as opposed to me always being on the stance of trying to figure it out, trying to work out the answers, uh, but this open receptivity to God is at work. Mm. Jesus is more powerful. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching and I'm seeking for how he's going to answer this dilemma mm-hmm. in his time and his way. Um, it sounds like what Mary did her whole life long. Well, and I think, Sister, I love what you're saying. It's actually a really powerful image. And it reminds me of another thing I really love about yeah. Mary. Is And let me preface this a little bit. I think a lot of times, at least in my own mind and heart, I'm expecting like, the happy line to play all the time and alone by itself. I think in our hearts, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's because, you know, we were made for Eden. We were made for paradise. Yeah. We want the, you know, that happiness line to be playing all the time, undisturbed and without others, right? Like, of course. everything's good. Everything's yeah. good. And yet what you see in Mary's heart and what I so often find in my own heart, and she gives me courage to claim it as reality rather than contradiction hmm is that so often joy and sorrow, uh, sacrifice and love, they're playing at the same time. Yeah, right. And they're not contradictory. They're not exclusive realities no, to one another. No, they're not. It's like this symphony, like mm-hmm. beneath the foot of the cross, Mary was living in profound love and in exchange of love with her son. She was living in a profound, profound agony mm-hmm. as she was offering her son. Yeah back to the father with yeah. this non-possessive love. Uh, her heart was breaking. Her mother's heart was totally, I can only imagine, in absolute pieces. Uh, and somehow this was part of God's eternal mm-hmm. design for her as a disciple, living out his plans for her mm-hmm. in the whole scheme of salvation. All of this is happening together. Mm-hmm. And somehow, yes, in a life of faith, hope, and love, in a life rooted in in god's love all of these things can be held together yeah and in a way redemptive and that's a dare right mm-hmm. but it's real mm-hmm. and it's true and i think when i look back at every single cross that i've carried in my life 
it's unbelievable to see this reality play out again cool. and again and again. I'm like, wow, Lord, you've never given me a reason not to trust you. Mm. Even though that was really dark or that was really hard or mm. wow, uh, it was hard to hope. And I think I hoped by a sliver of a sliver yeah. of a sliver. Yeah. And yet you pulled me through mm. even just on that. So hmm. it's Mary gives me courage. Yeah. And I think that's why, especially when life feels lame <laughs> yeah. and like the world is against you and yeah. that there is no hope. Yeah. Standing next to her at the foot of the cross, I feel like is the place of strength, mm-hmm. is the answer mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. in the midst of um, life being a total question mark. Yeah. Because I think that's probably how she felt. Yeah. And yet we see if you hang in there, the other side of that is a resurrection. Mm. Yeah. It's so true, sister, because even you think just like living in that reality is so hard because, um, yeah, you look at even like the social pressure of like everything that is posted, viewed, um, shared, it's all the best parts, right? It's like, I got this right, or I did that dance move right, or, uh, you know, I accomplished this in my life and I post about it. Uh, all the good parts are co- constantly showed, you know, the edited versions, the, um, you know, the pictures with a filter, like everything's, mm-hmm. everything's kind of prime and looking good and manageable. And when you look at that and that doesn't co- correspond with reality of day to day, mundane, <laughs> mostly falling over a couple of good victories. When you look at that, it can be so discouraging because yeah. you're like, that's, of course, I want things to go well. But my reality is that it's a lot messier than that. Um, and I don't always have my stuff together. I don't always know exactly what God is asking me right now uh, or where he is in my life. Um, and when we can look at like this, yeah, the standard of perfectionism or just the standard of like having to be unrealistic in front of others and this pressure to prove ourselves worthy of being liked and approved of. Um, that could be backbreaking because we mm-hmm. can't keep up with those standards because it's just not human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can be tempted to think that unless I have it all together, then I don't have meaning. Um, and Mary stands as like full contradictions. You're saying at the foot of the cross where it's like, yeah, things can be messy, but faith, hope, and love steadies me in a reality that is greater than just what I see. Mm. Uh, and I can stand with confidence that God is um, doing a mighty work and I can, I can stand by Mary, you know, the fact that we don't even stand by the cross on our own, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that we have a mother that stood steady there. And even if our legs are weak or we're questioning, we can stand knowing that it's, that it's possible and we can lean on her. Uh, and that those two experiences of suffering and life being a burden and hard, uh, is not exclusive to also joy mm. that runs deeper than my feelings, a uh, peace that is untouchable by chaos. Uh, those two realities are human and God came in the mix to mix them together. Yeah, sister. You know, and that they're not separate from one another, that uh, thanks be to God, the cross is also not the end of the story, mm-hmm. you know? It's super powerful mm. what you speak of. And even as you're speaking, sister, it's like my heart is like, oh, my gosh, when I'm in the midst of those places or mm. when I'm walking with others who are in those places – the cross is the place we should run to. Mm-hmm. And this is counterintuitive, right? right? We're like, I need, no, no, no. I need like a big slice of chocolate cake, right? Like there might be a lot of other places that we might flee to find answers, yeah. right? But places that ultimately let us down mm. because love, you speak of this peace and joy that can find me at the foot of the cross. Why is that possible? Because mm. it is possible. And we see this in the witness of, of the saints, of, of people who have suffered, of 
incredible witnesses who have stood at the foot of the cross and yet emerged more whole. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Yeah, what's going on there? What's going on? And it's precisely because love is there. Mm-hmm. But it's that love that we experienced in our little Christmas that finds me in my poverty, mm. seeks me, touches me mm-hmm. in that place where I'm hurting the most, that place that is ripped open and exposed often when I am in the midst of uh, that cross that I'm carrying and mm-hmm. the darkness that I feel. It's actually more accessible. If I will bring it to the foot of the cross, I'm actually bringing it to a personal offering of profound love for me, mm. a love that will reach out and touch me, that I can be joyful or have joy and peace in my heart knowing that I'm being loved there. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's what we want the most, mm-hmm. the very most. And it's standing the truth that like, yeah, we're, we're all, exper- everyone experiences suffering in some way, um, but I'm also not defined by my setbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm not defined by what I'm struggling with, that there's actually, I have a capacity to enter into a deeper place in my heart, my core, which is this experience of God being with me and mm-hmm. loving me mm-hmm. and seeing me through it and staying with me. Um, that there's that there's something more powerful even even amidst uh, the burdens that I carry. There is a deeper place that I can access, and God is with me. And when we tap into that, it doesn't always alleviate the suffering, but it makes the next step possible. It makes the next day uh, brighter when we know that we're mm-hmm. not alone, mm-hmm. and that that God is stronger. Life is more powerful. Um, and Mary sticks in it. That's one thing it reminds me of too. Like I just, I watched The Passion again, the movie. Beautiful. Around Easter time again this year. And it had been a couple of years, so I, I, I love it. But it's, it's kind of, it's a hard one to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but you know what struck me this year, sister, was when I was watching it was the depiction of Mary in it. Uh, and it's beautiful because, I mean, the whole movie is, it's, uh, it's so confronting the reality of the very real human suffering that Jesus goes through, his spiritual suffering, everything that he enters into for, for love of us. And I was fascinated to say, to look at how Mary stayed with him, you know, and, and as everything's so chaotic around uh, Jesus and there's evil everywhere, literally. Um, and it seems like literally the entire world is against this man. Um, Mary stays with him by seeking his face. You know, and throughout the whole movie, there's like, it's just like these accumulation of moments where Mary and Jesus look at one another. And when their eyes connect, there's a gaze of love that's communicated that that makes that next step possible. And actually, and the entire movie is them seeking each other out in the midst of this. Um, and I think this is like the genius of Mary is that mm. she's actually not distracted by, even though it's real, the chaos that's going around her. She's preoccupied and pondering that gaze of love that is constantly looking at her and giving her the strength for another step um, to hope again, uh, to move again, to follow him again. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's relying on that look of love to carry her through uh, and stay with him. So this, this, this reality of staying with Jesus, she's preoccupied with someone in the midst of all of this, um, which I think gives us a huge key to what do we do when we, we don't know the answers. We don't know the end of the story in, in every situation, but we know who's with us uh, and who Amen. we keep our sights on. And that presence is everything. Yeah. And it's really actually all we want. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know. Yeah, are you with me? Is someone with me? Yeah. Is love with me? That's all you want from a mama. That's it. Honestly. Well, and sister, it reminds me of a kind of, this is going to maybe sound like it's coming out from that field, but yeah, just like, 
the power of having this woman in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Like she was given to us at the foot of the cross. Like we have Jesus no told John, we behold no your idea. mother, the gift. behold your mother. And will we look, as you're saying, sister, will we look to her mm-hmm. to mother us? to care for us because she, she takes her job very seriously mm-hmm. or even to see um, her reflected in our own mothers mm-hmm. in the courageous moms who are raising their kiddos every single day yeah. or even, okay, this is one of my favorites. They call him the Greek freak. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard about him? <laughs> I haven't. Tell me more. Okay. So anyone who watches NBA basketball. Yeah. I'm out of that. Sorry. Okay, That's probably yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, I, but you're not. You're I only us. get glimpses, okay. but and I'm not even going to attempt his last name, Giannis. for anyone out there, he's the Greek freak. <laughs> and him. he's one of the dominant players okay. in the NBA. But when you hear his story, you, you're you kind of like, what? Like, it's the mm-hmm. ultimate glory story, Cinderella story. Um, he was... Gosh, uh, tell me more. Right? Yeah, what's his story? He was born in Athens, Greece. And his parents were uh, Nigerian immigrants. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think had legal status in that country, but were attempting to raise their family um, in just a better place, right? Mm-hmm. They had hopes and dreams for their kids. And uh, Yanis uh, picked up a basketball and it kind of helped that he was six foot 11, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Slight advantage. Slight advantage, but li- they, listen, you need it. Like when you hear about some of, I was reading some articles mm-hmm. about them, like the way that their family raised their kids like they learned to sacrifice for each other mm-hmm. this kid was drafted to the nba at age 18 um which is unheard of wow, and this cool. was out of greece it's not like he played in uh you know a top 10 college or anything yeah that would be a natural path to the to the nba um he's had like six all-star elections he's amazing yeah. but what was powerful i was watching an interview uh, after he, mm. I think, received one of his MVP awards, and he was just weeping mm. like this big, strong, incredible basketball player, <laughs> weeping, talking about how his mother was his hero. Wow. That he saw the sacrifice of his parents every single day huh. uh, for him, for his brothers. And not only is he now playing in the NBA and is a force to be reckoned with, but three of his brothers are also playing wow. professional or NBA basketball. Mm. So this whole family was raised um, in incredible love and sacrifice. And mm. to see the protection that is, to see the way that it grows another, to see the way mm. that it it lifts us up mm. in and through the hard things, in and through the crosses. Uh, and to see this guy weeping, that in the midst of all of this, the greatest victory isn't the incredible uh, game of ball that he can play, but love. Wow. Love. And the way that love has totally transformed his life. Wow. Um, and given him opportunities. And this is the love that we have in Mary, you know, to allow her to hold us mm. uh, through the passions of our life, wow. to allow her to strengthen our own gaze, to look for Christ, mm-hmm. uh, to to seek to live these times in faith, mm. knowing that in time, yeah, God will reveal, God will bless, God will bring meaning, uh, and wow, what a what a what an awesome word on like the hidden power of maternity. <laughs> you know, like you think about all the moms out there that like you know every dish they're wiping, you know every nose they blow at their child, mm-hmm. you know every diaper they change, that every little hidden act of love is building up this resource of. Um, 
yeah, every child that needs to run with later in their lives. Like they need to be hidden like Jesus was for 30 years in a mama's care so that they can uh, know of their goodness, so that they can believe they can do something great, that they know that they're worthy of life no matter what happens, whether they succeed, don't succeed, that they are good and they're backed up by a mother that's uh, pouring herself out in a million little ways behind the scenes. Amen. You know, what a validation of that. And, uh, and the maternal heart of every woman, whether we bear children of our own or not, that we have this capacity mm-hmm. uh, to back up lives um, by these little, yeah, these little constant enduring love that not, you know, not everyone's going to have an article written on them about that, but these, these mamas are backing us up. That's it. That's <laughs> and it. we actually can believe that we can move through difficult things um, when a mother's spent her life uh, pouring herself out in little ways, uh, when women are able to, yeah, back each other up by the way that we love each other in mm-hmm. little ways. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome, sister. And cool. I feel like we've hardly gotten started, yeah. uh, but um, just we have an answer. Amen. In that answer of love at the foot of the cross. Mm. And... I mean, here's to it, sister. Anything before we go? Yeah, one, you know, one place that I know Blessed Mother is always quick to help out on is even when I'm like beginning to uh, enter into a time of prayer uh, or even enter into a time of trial in my day is to ask her to help me to be open. Uh, help me to be open to whatever God is about because he's always working mightily and powerfully in our lives and always loving us and giving us what we mm-hmm. need. But sometimes my heart's a little closed <laughs> or it gets a little hard or a little guarded. You know, and and Mary knows how to remain open. Uh, and even when I can't open the the gates of my heart, uh, just to ask Mary, Mary, open me up. Mary, um, help me let down my guards. Mary, open my heart to receive. Uh, Mary, give me your heart. Uh, I think she's really pleased with that prayer. That's awesome. <laughs> she seems say. to help out a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm. Whoa. What I about like you, it. sister? What do you Gosh. think moving forward? Maybe it's like bouncing off what you're saying, sister. Mm. I think we're living in a time where uh, the enemy is at work in a very particular way, which is breeding contempt for the gift of life, mm. like the reality that life is a gift. And we can experience this personally, right? The spirit um, of self-condemnation or despair or discouragement, uh, that's the enemy, right? Of self-hatred, that's the enemy mm-hmm. uh, versus the spirit of life, which is actually the Father is singing over us. Uh, he fashioned us. He made us uh, for a particular reason as a unique gift of love for this world. And I think when you are being fired upon with this spirit of contempt, A, to learn to be aware of it and to name it as such, like you're a gift. You are good. And anything that speaks contrary to that, you can swiftly and safely reject and I think the biggest power move when you're getting attacked in this way is to go to Mary Ooh. and say, Mary, hide me, hide me mm-hmm. in your mantle, mm. like wrap me in your arms of maternal care and protection. And she will. And she loves that prayer and she will keep you safe mm. and she will bring you uh, and hold you in the truth of who you are in mm. God. So I would say particularly to that spirit uh, to reject it, but then to go to Mary and ask mm. her to keep you safe in the truth of who you are as God's beloved son or daughter. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Fly swiftly to Mary. Mm-hmm. It's like remembering who's our mother. Amen. Mm. That's it, sister. 
Whoa. Cool. Should we end in a prayer? Yeah. Can you lead us? Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the gift of a mother, for the gift that you've given us in the Blessed Mother, this, the mother of Jesus, your son. Blessed Mother, we ask that you wrap us in your maternal care and protection, that you mother us, that you strengthen us in our faith, in our hope, in our love, that you bring us close to your son, Jesus, and ask your spouse, the Holy Spirit, to inspire us with a greater love for your son and a greater receptivity to his love. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we thank you ahead of time for your good care as we say glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Good to be with you, sister. Always good to be here. And we're looking forward to uh, another season in short order. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be walking through Advent with Ooh, Our Lady. Let's do it. And Let's keep going with Mary. Let's keep going. <laughs> She's going to walk us through Advent and into Christmas. There's so always more. We can't wait to, to be back with you in short time. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. God bless you all. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.